What's going on? You're back hanging out with your lady, Back in the flash on Step into Paradise Radio. If this is your first time hanging out with your lady, B, what's going on? Welcome to the show, Step On in the Building. Because we got some news that you can use. We give practical wisdom so that you may elevate your conscious mind. Because once you know better, you start to live better. Holla at your girl. To all my day one supporters, I love you. Yes, I do. You know how I do it. I love to sprinkle my loving, honey. So welcome to everybody. Today is going to be a great special show, honey. We are hanging out with our phenomenal Dr. Tim Jordan out of St. Louis, Missouri. Arthur, Dr. He is all around the American guy, and I'm so excited to talk with him today. We're going to be talking about his new book, She Leads. It's a practical guide for raising girls who advocate, influence, and lead. So I just want you guys to stay plugged in all the way to the end while we get some good news to use by our very own Dr. Tim Jordan. I'm Tim Jordan. I live in St. Louis, and I have a kind of a funny background. I'm a pediatrician by my original training. But I did a two-year fellowship in something called developmental and behavioral pediatrics. So after doing medicine for about three years, I stopped doing that. And I've been counseling kids for 30 years ever since. In the last about 15-ish years, I only work with girls. I counsel girls, mostly middle school, high school, and college in an office a couple days a week. And I, uh, my wife and I, for 30 years now, have been running weekend retreats, personal growth in nature, uh, and summer camps for girls. Uh, I do some school programs. I travel a lot and give talks. I've got a podcast of my own. I've got a blog. I just do, I do a lot of writing. Um, but my favorite thing to do, my favorite place to be, is sitting in a circle on the floor with a group of girls talking about life. I just did that last weekend with 22 middle school girls. When, when girls tell me about something that's some adversity they've gone through, yeah, we talk about how they don't have control over what happens, yeah. but they do have control over what they make of it. They're in charge of their story. So I'll ask them, because of what happened, what does that mean about you? Right. And then I always tell them, that's a trick question, because the answer is, whatever you let it mean. Whatever you let it mean, right. You are, that's, you are definitely in charge of that. You're in charge of your story and what you make of experiences. So that's, you know, girls just need that kind of awareness and that kind of, just get some help in doing that. Yes, so you wrote a book called She Leads, a practical guide for raising girls who advocate, influence, and lead. Could you tell us a little bit more about the book? You know, I realized that we've been talking for 40 or 50 years about empowering girls and empowering women and, and all that kind of thing, but we, there really isn't much information out there about, well, how do you parent girls to that end? How do you, how, what do you do as a parent to allow them to keep their power and to become, a, and a leader doesn't necessarily have to be Kamala Harris or President of the United States. It might just be a leader in your life, you know, creating the life that you want, being in charge of yourself, being in charge of your emotions, being in charge of your self-talk. It's about making sure that you are getting what you want. And so that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to make sure parents had kind of a, a blueprint, if you will, about this is some things you can do to make sure your daughters end up growing up into a very empowered woman. A lot of the girls who I see who are young, like your seven-year-old daughter might be an example, or it could be a five-year-old or a 12-year-old, a lot of them have what I call rough edges. They're powerful, independent-minded, strong-minded uh, little girls or, or young girls, but it comes across sometimes as a lot, and so they get labeled and diagnosed as things like bossy or, or oppositional defiant disorder, or, they, or the B word, I don't want to say it on the radio, or the B word, they, they get labeled. I, I saw a girl one time, she was having some struggles, 
And she recalled when she was in the third grade, uh, she was a powerful little creature. When she was in third grade, she went to the parent-teacher conference with her mom. And she sat in the back of the classroom, but she could kind of overhear her mom and her teacher talking. And the teacher told her mom that her daughter was bossy, and she was, uh, if she didn't change her way, she was never going to have friends. And this little girl heard all that, and she took it to heart. And so she shut down. She started hiding her light because she was so afraid of making people upset, making people mad. Of course, she wanted friends. So now I'm seeing her as a high school student who is not asking for what she wants and who is not advocating for herself. And the seed started as a little girl because she was mislabeled and judged. A lot of those kids end up doing things. There's, I have one of my, my very best camp counselors who's now a 25-year-old woman. Uh, I saw her when she was about in about sixth or seventh grade because she got kicked out of her school um, for nothing big. But she was just so powerful, they didn't know what to do with her. And she, she told me one time, she said, you know, when I was in like early middle school, like in sixth grade, if all the kids came to school wearing like some, a certain brand, like Lululemon, or I don't know, whatever brand it was, she said, I would make fun of it. And I would wear something totally different because I wanted to set the trends. And so if I did that, the other girls would start to dress like I did. And that's how her power looked when she was in sixth grade. Now, that's not a great way to, to use your power, but, but when you don't give these girls places to have that power and to be a leader and to step it up, they, oftentimes it looks like mischief. So we've got to do a better job of identifying those girls and, and helping them channel all that energy and that power. What gives them anxiety and stress and depression right today? Well, let me mention, there's a lot of things. Let me mention two, and I'm gonna put COVID aside. That's added to it. <laughs> right. There was more anxiety. There was more anxiety in girls before COVID. They go inside their head and they start to ask themselves questions like, why is my why is my friend group not calling me? Why did they leave me out? Why doesn't my dad call? And then they answer those questions in their head with their own private logic. And they'll say things to themselves like, Maybe it's because I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm annoying. Maybe I'm a weird kid. Maybe I'm, I'm never going to fit. And it's those thoughts in their head that end up becoming beliefs. Because if you walk into a social situation, for instance, and your belief system is, I'm not very good, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm weird, I'm annoying, people aren't going to like me, then you talk and you act a lot different, and you're probably going to recreate more of that. And therefore, those thoughts become solid beliefs. And then those, those beliefs will follow you all the way through, through high school, through college and beyond, unless you take some time, like you said, to reframe. So I think those girls need it. They need some help. I ask girls all the time, because of what happened, what are you saying to yourself? And then we kind of explore that. Is that the truth, that you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're annoying? And I, so I try and help them to understand that those things you thought about themselves, I get it. I understand why you thought that. It's just not true. And so some of their work is going to be to do some thinking, some journaling, uh, having some discussions about what they want to take from those situations that's more healthy. Of that, You're in charge of your story and what you make of experiences. So that's, you know, girls just need that kind of awareness and that kind of, they just need some help in doing that. But it's, it's one of my favorite quotes and it goes like this. And once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. But one thing is certain. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what this storm is all about. There's so many ways today for girls to be busy and distracted. And nobody wants to think about or feel some of the things you go through day by day with school and friends and teachers and life. 
And so it's easy to kind of just push things down, push feelings down, not go there, distract yourself. But those feelings and thoughts are still there and they're building up yeah. to the point where now it becomes a lot and then they get on overwhelm, overload, and then those it's gotta go someplace so it leaks out as symptoms. So I see a yeah. lot of girls who have a hard time falling asleep at night as a symptom. I see a lot of girls with stomach aches and headaches. I see a lot of girls with anxiety. Yeah. And their anxiety isn't usually a disorder, it's just a symptom of I'm on overload and this is how it's gonna look. Yeah. Girls lose their motivation, they feel blah, they feel kind of depressed, they get distracted. There's just a lot of symptoms that happen because our girls are not expressing their emotions and handling things day by day. It builds up and then the overload causes the mystery. Oh, wow. Tell me about it. I mean, the overloading part, you know, and, and they carry so much on them. And like you say, they're carrying in secret. And that's, you know, that's why I've been running weekend retreats and summer camps for 30 years. And one of the best things about those is the fact that they can sit in a circle with 20 or 25 of their peers and talk about all these things. And then they realize I'm not the only one. Yeah. They all think they're the only one. Because they don't have a safe place to talk about. It's not safe at school in the hallways to talk about stuff like this because, you, like you said, you'll be judged, there'll be rumors and gossip. So they need safer, they need safe, sacred little spaces like my camps, for instance, where they can go and let their hair down and be real and talk and be vulnerable and learn from each other. That's so, it's such a valuable gift that they yes. have to give to each other, that you're not the only one, I'm here for you, it's okay, we're all in this together, it's normal, you're not crazy. <laughs> you're not alone, you know? And they think they're crazy. They think they're, and plus a lot of them have been labeled. Right. Inappropriately. Not all, you know, and so it's, they just need a place to, to, to go where they're seen for who they really are. It's great if their parents can do that. It's great if their sibling, it's great if their family can, but sometimes they can't get that from their family because their families are struggling in their own ways. So yes. It's nice to have places, some place in the world. There's a lot yes. of good research that shows resilience research that shows that kids who come from tough environments that the yeah. most important factor for them making it through and coming out on the other side is having somebody there for them yes somebody who took them under their wing loved them for who they were supported them and it's not always their parents sometimes it's a grandparent an aunt an uncle that could be a teacher or a coach or maybe like one of our camp counselors somebody who was there and saw them for who they were loved them for who they were so they knew they had somebody in their corner Oh, wow. Oh, yes. And I think that's all it takes, somebody to be in their corner. I tell girls a lot in my practice, in my camps, my retreats. I, t I tell them an old Aesop's fable about this fox walking down the road. So this fox is walking down the road, and he's hungry. He sees, some, he sees some birds on a tree limb, and he gets an idea. He says, I'm willing to give you a big old fat worm. I'll give it to you, and all I want in return is just one of your feathers. So one, one bird says, I'll do it. So she flies down, the fox gives her a worm, she plucks out one of her feathers, flies off. She's like, this is a great deal. And the next day the fox brought another worm, the same little bird flew down, gave up one of her feathers, took the worm and said, this is like incredible, three meals. This went on every day for a couple months until one day she had plucked out some of her feathers, she could no longer fly. And the fox jumped on her and ate her up. <laughs> so the moral of the story for girls is, don't give up your feathers. Girl, if someone says, what do you want? And they say, I don't care, you give a feather. Every time a girl doesn't confront a friend who's treating her badly, you're giving up a feather. Every time you allow words to hurt you, you're giving up a feather. 
every time you, you make a decision based upon not making people mad or not wanting to disappoint people, as opposed to what's good for you, you're giving up a feather. And over time, if you give up, give up enough feathers, enough power, if you will, you start losing your confidence. You, you start losing who you are. And what kids need is for their parents, when they're with their kids, to be fully present. Yes. And not to be distracted. And if we can be distracted with our phones as much or more than any teenage girl, we can be distracted with our work at home and things, but we can also be internally distracted. Yes. Because if we're anxious, or we're upset, or we're struggling, or we're scared about our job, and sometimes that pulls us, we're not there. We're there, but we're not there. So yeah. I would do the best you can that when you're with your kids, put the phones away, everybody, sit at the dinner table and talk and be fully present. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Jordan, for just, you know, giving us some real valuable tools to do. How can everyone reach you and join one of your retreats if you're even accepting it? How can we, we reach you? Uh, the best way is through my website. It's just www.dr timjordan.com like drtimjordan.com and you know, one of the things that they'll find too if, you, if you're a parent of a girl uh, my wife and I uh, uh, back in November we put a, an online course out um, about parenting girls and we talked about their emotional life and their friendship life and it's a great course it, it gives parents lots of information and tools practical tools about how can you support your daughters better when it comes to friendships and emotions because those are two of the top three things we found with our surveys that parents struggle with. And the third one was social media. <laughs> right? Wow, what an influence today, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, I'm creating another course about social media. I'm almost done with it. But, but the first two, the emotional part and the emotional lives and the friendship lives, they're, they're complicated and going through a lot uh, and they need, they need good support from their families. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. If you heard it from our very own Dr. Tim Jordan on how to lead a young girl. Thank you so much. This is Step Into Paradise with Miss Vet and Dr. Tim Jordan on how to lead a great woman. Until next time, you already know which way we're going. Only way we can go is up. Tune in every day, all day with your lady Vet in the flesh. Follow me on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google.